And then there were two survivors of the week, Andor Candor for episode six and the most important and brief Rebel Report ever, episode 45, after the jump. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Kenobi! Rebellions are built on hope. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and the traitor. I can bring you in warm. Or I can bring you in cold. Never tell me the odds. Well done. You're a rebel now. Hello there, Rebels. Welcome to Reckless Rebellion, the podcast with enough chaotic energy to fuel a Death Star. I'm your rogue leader, electrifying force sensitive that toes the line of balance, Thomas Carter Rochester, and I am joined by the greatest singular mind the Rebellion has to offer. He is our master of chaos pod racing enthusiast king of the hoth the leader the klein felt hello hi thomas it's uh it's a little weird just the two of us we've done just like duo shows before with the two of us before but like it's we feel i feel like we've had a packed cast over the last little while whether we're having guests on like the uh, mm-hmm. she will rock you ladies or we have savannah on from the direct.com or jack and david can make time out of their busy schedules to come and chat with us as well but like we haven't had a two-person show i'm excited to just like talk with you especially about this episode um of Andor. like oh my gosh but yeah i am missing jack and david if you're wondering where they are well both of them actually together they were walking mm-hmm. down the street um, up in Jacksonville. David went up to Jacksonville to say hello, obviously. Um, and they were, you know, chatting about, I don't know, uh, Jaguars this, Indiana, Colts, Indianapolis yeah, Cat- yeah, Colts yeah. or whatever. David likes that. And then, oh, Starlock Pit fell right into the Starlock mm. Pit. Both of them pronounced dead on the scene. We'll see if we can get them out. Right now they are in the very moist, moist belly of the Starlock, just like Boba Fett once was. Um, don't yes. know how long they're going to be down there, but hopefully we can get one or both of them out as soon as we can. Before they died, they sent a transmission to us saying, uh, we're going on a date for just the two of us in the Sarlacc pit. Have fun. And then you open the card and it's they're just probably, the They're probably cuddling us. down there and like, oh, yeah. I don't know. They can make it if they try. Butterfly kissing each other and you know, oh. holding the hands like good Christian boys do. A little snuggling. A little exactly. Snuggling. Exactly. Bugs. That's how they survive the acid. We'll find out next week uh, or or not. I don't know. Today is October 12th and Andor Candor covers episode six in our Supreme Leading Topic. Oh, yeah. And we'll cover the latest, most important singular galaxy news that has ever occurred in the Rebel Report. But before all of that, outside of just you know it's weird like it, it's been over almost a year since we started this show and also did a duo podcast it's funny you, thomas buddy? that you bring that up i had a memory come up on my facebook or instagram or some social platform Ooh. i think yesterday or two or three days ago and it was our logo and it was us like officially announcing the hey guys like we're doing something cool wow. and like still kind of being cagey about details and stuff so yeah we are almost coming up on a year of this show which is absolutely bonkers like that is wild yeah. to me the potiversary the and i think we've only missed a single we- we uh, have single missed week. one single week yes not bad, we've done not every bad. other week i'd say that's pretty good that is impressive did you know most can impressive. i tell you a really cool podcast stat that most listeners will 
not like we'll just i don't know probably turn off the show at um yeah did you know that at 90 percent of podcasts don't make it past episode three and 90 percent wow. of that don't make it past episode 10 wow so just for getting this far we are in like the like top 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 percent of people yeah. who start podcasts i want look at us like i know all, all things are possible through the force Exactly. That's the world awesome. between worlds, Thon, Grand Mithril, Real, Riodo, or whatever his name is, and all that we'll get there. stuff. <laughs> it's been it's been crazy though. Like I can't believe that, yeah, that it has been almost a year. Maybe we'll have to like do our favorite memories and all that when we get to a year. Uh, because that'll be right around episode fifty or fifty-six, I guess. That's how or no fifty-two. That's how a year works. Um, yeah, it, it is how years work, and I'm certain we'll get there in the next six to seven weeks based on math alone. And really quick, you were talking about podcast stats. We currently have 3524, 3524 all-time plays wow. on this podcast. That's, That's awesome. Kind of crazy. I know yeah. that is great. I mean, every it like it might sound so small, like you think about like the millions and millions of podcast downloads that some big bigger pods get or whatever but like a year ago we had zero and we're slowly slowly building up and and developing a bit of a community which i think is really cool like i would say probably in the last six weeks i've really started to notice like people reaching out to me on twitter and people following who also follow reckless rebellion and like just like getting dms or replies on my tweets just like saying mm. like hey like i listened to the pod or people mentioning like this past week we had when the pod went up someone mentioning <laughs> me talking about southern barbecue in philadelphia and <laughs> i it just it's so cool that like when it feels like we talk here for however many hours at a time that we do sometimes way too long sometimes we don't yeah. talk about much star wars at all but it's still a three-hour <laughs> podcast but it can feel like it just goes out into the void we just we hit that we hit like record we stop it we edit it we upload it and it can feel sometimes like that's it. No one's ever going to hear it? this. It just, we're just sending it out into the void. But the fact that like, it's like us sending the signals out into space. And like one day an alien race sends one back. It's like, oh, it's working. Like the people are listening. Yeah. It's working. It's working. <laughs> My name's Anakin. <laughs> I build stuff. Yeah, man. It's great that everyone, you know, taps in and listens. And we appreciate that so much. And, I don't really know what to say other than I love you and thank you. Yeah. So give yourselves a pat on the back, an applause for yourself. Um, and we'll applause for ourselves because that seems to be how this show works. We just we applaud ourselves and we yeah, a lot of there's a yourself. lot of grandstanding and tooting our own horns mm -hmm. on this show, that's for sure, especially with those David and Jack fools. David Thompson. I hate <laughs> animation. Man, I'm a teacher. <laughs> Uh, he's not here to defend word. himself so we can he's say whatever not. we want okay yeah what about that jacksonville pews clues oh, clues pews i'm so talented i'm gonna be a finance major mm. you can learn python and sql yeah i know pythons man they're snakes and sql are letters boom ace that test thank you thank you jack jack i appreciate teaching me business at the business factory Klein, we went off the rails real fast. <laughs> back to business. Uh, back to business. Uh, I'm good. I don't really know what's changed since last week, other than I 
celebrated someone else's birth last weekend instead of my own. So that's about the biggest change between this episode and last episode. Uh, oh, well, Werewolf by Night came out. That was awesome. I enjoyed oh, that. Yeah. It is Hell officially yeah. spooky season. Uh, my heart is just thriving right now. I don't watch scary movies, but I love the season. Are you? Yeah. Are you? I was going to ask, are you like a Halloween freak? Like you don't strike. I will just say you do not strike me as somebody who's like really into like the like Christmas festive season. And usually mm. you're kind of one or the other. Usually you love the carving the jack-o'-lanterns, getting the candy, being all spooky ooky. Or you like, you know, singing the Christmas carols and sprint, spinning the dreidel if that's if that's where you go as well. But like that whole kind of festive season as well. But you strike me as more of a Halloween person. Absolutely, I was born in the month of Halloween. It is oh, only yeah, I right, guess right. I am, man. It people are like, oh look, this 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 is the beginning of the year, and I'm like, mm, no, Halloween is the end, and Halloween is New Year's and Christmas and my birthday all rolled into one. It's how I got into cosplay, which is, I don't know how I bridged that far, but I did. And I always made my own costumes growing up. They weren't that great, but that's fine. They're great now, now. They're great. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can toot my own horn because on that one, because I've been doing it for 12 years and they come out and I don't hate them. So that's enough for me for it to be great. Uh, and hey, man, Halloween, man, you get it's fucking free candy. Like, who the... I'm 30 years old and my stomach hurts. I hate to be a buzzkill, and, and I just I, I'll say this before we move on is like oh, I'm no. not a huge Halloween fan. It's only I'm a type one diabetic, so like that's fair. I, I Halloween to me is like I don't I can't enjoy any of like the delicious sweets. Also, I hate being scared. I just I don't like being scared. I don't know yeah, why anyone would enjoy fair. that. So I'm not that's a big Halloween thing. freak. Uh, my beautiful fiance Gabrielle, who I live with, is a Halloween freak. She loves getting dressed up. I will partake. I will, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Appease her, I guess. Uh. <laughs> and, and, and participate in the celebrations. I'm a Christmas guy, though. I love, like, okay. I love this whole time of year, especially from this past weekend up here in Canada. We just had Thanksgiving, Canadian Thanksgiving. Shout out to anyone oh. who is up here and up in the Great White North celebrating. It was great. Had some turkey, had some stuffing, had all this, mm. all that. Saw family. But this whole run of, like, basically from where when we have thanksgiving at the beginning of october to halloween through november to christmas and new year's and all that like i love this time of year i am kind of the same way uh, i do love this time of year i don't love it as much as i used to but i'm definitely the halloween guy like it peaks at halloween and then it starts going down until new year's and then it takes a swing back up maybe that's just seasonal depression uh, because it gets dark at four o'clock in the afternoon here in the those starting at this time for the next six oh, yeah. months. So see, I don't notice it getting I don't notice it getting dark. But as somebody who starts work at quarter to five every morning, I notice when it gets light and it's getting light a whole lot later right now. Like it's like the yeah. sun is not up and it is seven thirty and that's only going to get worse. Holy like it'll crap. it'll be like eight thirty in a couple of weeks when the sun hasn't even come up yet until we knock the clocks Whoa. back a little bit. And we, that's, that's like a, like a world same day, right? Like we all do the same day. I don't know. See, I thought we did, but talking to <gasps> some of our good friends who Tom drew the other day, and then Lauren Rouse, who I work with at the direct.com who lives down in Australia, Australia just did theirs. So I don't Whoa. know. I guess some places do it differently, but yeah, we do it. I think okay. like November 6th or something. Same day for us. Yeah. So makes sense. We're on the same continent. 
exactly we have the same trajectory of the sun whereas you know australia you, other side yeah, of the world australia quite literally at the bottom so they have to change it now otherwise it goes out of whack i would assume oh it's their summer no it's their, no it's about to be it's, their summer it's right? their spring right now yeah yeah i mean it's about to be the summer so hey look at that we need to get someone from australia on this show we, we should get lauren she's a huge star wars fan she's one of the controller club co-hosts you're the plug what are you okay. doing we've tried we've before i know here. we've tried before and she's she's a busy lady interviewing jeff goldblum and the robert pattinson and like she's a journalist with a capital j like she's not like a like a klein jack david journalist like she is a journalist um but i'd love to have her on we'll we'll try and make it work through the we're gonna shoot some shots here. coming up here okay let's do it let's star wars I guess we should just go ahead and jump right on into our Rebel Report! News, 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 Without Jack here, do you want me to do it? Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, tell me Because you're going to be talking a lot this episode because you're hosting and Jack usually does this. There's one story, everything, of course, coming from the direct.com. Lars Mikkelsen supposedly... We'll be playing Thrawn in something. <gasps> something soon. Come gasp. <gasps> or what's his full name? I can never say it right. <clears throat> Grand Admiral Mithron Urodo. Exactly. Just like that. According to at underscore Christopher M on Twitter, not only is Mickelson portraying the iconic villain from Star Wars Rebels, but he will also be sporting his traditional white uniform, um, which many have seen from various book covers or various appearances mm-hmm. in other media up at this point. Do we know now? You put the story in here. I did not. I did peek behind the yes. curtain here. Do we know what project this is for? It is Ahsoka, and that's my bad. Ahsoka? This okay. is why Jack does the copy and paste. Ah, okay. So it, it will supposedly be for Ahsoka. Lars Mikkelsen. This has kind of been the name that has been thrown around, attached to mm-hmm. this role for quite a long time. Um, no official confirmation as of yet, of course, but. When you think of like the actors that could play Thrawn, this is the one that most people think of. Um, mm-hmm. Being, is he related to Mads? Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, yeah, they are brothers. Very cool. I think it's a great pick. I think he would do a, like a bang up job. Of course, in a dream scenario, I would love old Benny Benedict Cumberbatch to come over and play him just because i think the facial structure works very well and i love when benedict cumberbatch plays villains he doesn't do it enough and he plays a great villain but what do you think here thomas thrawn is your guy he is if you were to tell me that benedict cumberbatch were going to play thrawn and con come on come on uh but i love this uh lars mickelson is the voice actor for thrawn in star wars rebels so he's basically just he's, he's getting, already played him he's already played him he's getting the very rare opportunity and if i'm not mistaken he will be one of two and that other one is the Katie, other actor katie sackoff, is katie right? sackoff yeah yep as bo-katan Kreese. so that's going to be really exciting to see how it all plays out coming forward uh but i'm i'm a big fan of this i love it um and if you don't put him in the white uniform then i i would be rioting in the streets what do you think about this news i mean i kind of said it a little bit but like i think that he is a great pick for this role um i can't see it's funny it's just a rumor at this point 
I can't see it being fake. Like this feels very real just because it has kind of been percolating for a very long time. He's kind of been one of those names that has been thrown around for live action mm-hmm. Thrawn since really the beginning. And as you said, he's the voice he's already Thrawn. You look at him and you can totally see how, yep, we could put him in blue makeup or CG blue all over him. And he is going to like work perfectly. He, he has that imposing body. I love, Lars as an actor I think that he's great I mean say what you will about Netflix's house of cards at this point a little questionable with the people that were involved in it however he was in it and he was fantastic as the uh Russian president kind of mirror of what Vladimir Putin uh is in real life but like he was fantastic in that I loved him and he's great in Rebels is thrown already so bring him in a live action I think it'd be very cool see him playing off of Ahsoka um playing off of Rosario Dawson could be awesome uh I'm into it I really like it I just want it to either be officially confirmed or give me another name but like I just want a confirmation like if Thrawn's coming Ahsoka's coming soonish just give me a confirmation, Disney. I don't know when or where they would do that. It could just show up in a tweet one day. Just Disney kind of, I feel like they are done with their um, big events for the year. So mm. this would have been something that would have worked perfectly at like a D23 or a Comic-Con or, or I mean, Star Wars Celebration. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm into it. I think, I think Lars will do an awesome job. Well, real quick, small side tangent. They... they... Uh, this show Ahsoka is not due out until later next year, right? Yeah, we have about a year. Okay, so there's plenty of those to pop. When I they said soonish, we that. just we know so many shows at this point when it comes to Star That's Wars fair. that like there's yeah. so it is relatively soon. Production is happening on this right now. It's tr- yeah, I think they I think they're either near. They might be done filming. Yeah. I, I don't remember off the top of my head. I recently read some stuff, but now that was weeks ago, and I've read a bunch of concrete information today for work. I think I think we could definitely get that. Um, you know what would be amazing is if he is also in Andor. I'm just going to say it, because why not? Honestly, I don't think we've he, already I don't think he will be, um, and we'll get into that when we talk about Andor. Wow. Andor doesn't feel like that kind of show. I don't feel like it's going to be the the cameo i don't think we get anyone um in this show i guess we're gonna solve it i think we're gonna see pardon said interesting yeah i don't think i don't think we would get him there i think we could i don't think we will okay all right i think that's a great segue into our supreme leading topic oh yeah Andor Candor episode six. We've ended two arcs here on this journey of Andor and thoughts and feelings right off the jump there, Klein. What did you think about the eye? Which is the I title. I think I'm going to steal a phrase out of your book here. <gasps> okay. I think you say this sometimes. I think I've heard you say this. Holy freaking shirt balls. Yeah. What a goddamn episode. I mean, we've talked about how impressed we've been with this show so far and how it's kind of this this slow build and it's really, really just getting into the nitty gritty of the Star Wars world and playing a little bit in the gray and and you're getting to know Andor a whole lot better than you ever have. And they're just doing a fantastic job of creating this kind of spy thriller in space. And this, to me, felt like the 
action sequence in every great spy thriller. It felt like the vault drop in Mission Impossible. It felt like some of the sequences we get in the Bourne movies, which makes a lot of sense. This felt very Jason Bourne. This whole episode, like to mm. me, screamed Jason Bourne, um, especially when they're like running down the dam and stuff like that, uh, which yeah. makes a lot of sense because of Tony Gilroy. And I just got to say, like, it's going to sound reductive, but wow. Like, I was floored by this episode. It was absolutely incredible. I think this, we've said it a couple times, and I feel like the more we say it, the less meaning it's going to have. But <laughs> was this the best, like, Disney plus Star Wars thing ever? <laughs> I am so happy you said that because I'm over here writing honestly, down some rules. I honestly think that it might be one of my favorite episodes of TV ever. Like, I, I'm going to, I put this up there with some great, Game of Thrones episodes I can jump back to. Mm -hmm. I put this up there with some of the later Breaking Bad episodes that I would put up in like my all-time favorite TV episodes. Like I think this from front to back was nearly perfect. I don't I have no criticism really at all. Uh I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch it. But the first way through, I just sat there with my mouth open for about the last 25, 30 minutes and was frozen in a way that only few things have ever like 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 put me into the couch like that the only other examples i can honestly think of is end game stuff obviously where i just felt like i couldn't move and again some of those later breaking bad seasons and breaking bad episodes with moments that made me just go oh my god and this did it for an extended period of time to finish out the episode i dug it like i i am i am blown <laughs> this show continues to blow me away which has shocked, which shocks me because I've been so into the first few episodes. But for everyone who said that it's too slow, there's not enough going on, this is the payoff to that. As I had said in the last couple of weeks, yeah. it's like a spark going along the trail of a fuse. This was that first explosion. And I don't think we're done. I think we're going to have a couple more of these like truly special moments before the end. I mean, we're only, I guess, halfway? Halfway? We're only halfway. So we're going to get a few more of these for sure. I think that this is going to be kind of the structure of this show from now on. We're going to kind of build slowly, slower episodes to a big action set piece episode and then do that again. Maybe we'll do that twice more in the remaining six mm -hmm. episodes. What did you think, though, Thomas? Because you sent me a message early this morning and said, I cannot wait to talk to you about this episode because I think it blew you away as well. It did. It did. I did have the chance to watch it twice. And it ended, and I'm just like, I know I say this all the time. Like, I love it. This is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. I said that about Green Lantern when it first came out. Okay. Oh my God. I love, I love everything. I love everything usually on the second time. But when I can watch it one time and be like, oh, yeah, I could probably tell you every single thing that happens in the episode because it's done so goddamn well that it pierces your mind. Right. Uh, and then, it ended and I, I hop on the internet and I'm like, oh, everyone is also like really high on this. I've seen best Star Wars episode ever uh, a lot today. I've seen that this makes Andor the best series for Star Wars live action this year or ever. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm I'm on that board. Here's you were talking about six episodes. We're six episodes in. We're three, uh, two different arcs in. We're halfway so you're right. The trajectory seems to be too slow, build to a big action piece and move on. 
important note we've only covered about six days give or take yeah. inside the <laughs> yeah. universe the first three episodes were three days the last three episodes were three days and we know that from them mentioning oh in three days time the eye happens and that was in the first episode on aldani and so it's like wow okay we're building to this so there seems to be like maybe there's a time jump going on or everything that happens like it, I feel like time will slow down and we might need an episode specifically to slow us down in time. But I have a question for you because I do want to know Star Wars level specifically. Is this the best Star Wars episode live action ever? And if not, is it the best one without a cameo? See, like here's the thing is if it I'm what I'm going to say might offend two of our co-hosts, David and, and Jack. Jack, maybe less so. David really likes shiny objects, and I love that about him. Like, he he is the, the camp, like, you throw a name, a face, a thing that he recognizes in front of him, and he's like, I'm, I love it. Like, and and I love that about him. Not to say he doesn't have, like, he has nuanced takes as well, and, and, and he, mm-hmm. he's obviously forming the minds of our next generation. He's a teacher. But I, the cameos for me while they get me excited aren't the biggest thing that like i'm always looking for and something that mm-hmm. i actually really like about this show is the lack thereof yeah so i will say that i think this is my favorite disney plus star wars disney plus i think episode hands mm-hmm. down okay oh and i'm gonna say Ooh. something and you might it might sound a little out there but you mm-hmm. might agree. Just let me explain. I don't think this is the best, but I do think that this might be the most well-crafted Star Wars thing, this episode in particular. The the way that this is built, it is nearly from a pacing standpoint, from an action standpoint, from the way it's shot, from the care. Mm. Like, you buy into these characters that you just met, like, two weeks ago, I guess. Like, yeah. I would say that oh this might God. be the best made like Andor as a whole might be the best made Star Wars thing. The most cohesively made, the most, it, it just, it feels so poured over, but I don't notice the editor there at all. Like I don't notice that like it seems poured over, but not in a prequels. Like you mm. can see George Lucas's hands on everything. Um, yeah. You, you understand what I mean? Like I, do. like I don't want I don't want that to be taken out of context. And uh, no, I'm not saying this is better than Empire Strikes Back at all. But I am saying that it might be better made than that was. Ooh, I I see where you're going. And as somebody who says Rogue One is the best Star Wars film, and I will say best, not just my favorite. I will argue it is the best Star Wars film. Uh, I, I'm I'm 100% there. I Andor is on a whole different level. You know, Rogue One was what I wanted. I wanted a Star Wars Battlefront movie. Well, Andor is giving me that something else I didn't know I wanted, which was yeah, that's what I was going to say. Andor is what all. I never knew I wanted. Yeah, it's it's full spy thriller inside Star Wars, and it is so. It finally steeps everything in deadly tension. I mean, and every little mistake will lead to death. Where in Star Wars movies as a whole, you don't really feel that. It's a it's an action adventure romp. The thing that I actually think that this show's biggest strength is is, and I tweeted this out earlier. If you were to remove 
everything Star Wars from this. Every name you know, every recognizable thing. If you're going to strip the IP out of this, I still think this is a strong story. And that, I think, is something to be said. This isn't relying on cameos. This isn't relying on the Star Wars mythos and this and that. Yes, it's there. And yes, it's important. But you really have this guy going up against an evil force and the way in which they do it. If you were to strip it out, if you were to put it on Earth and have them doing their breaking in to like set it basically in a Jason Bourne movie, Mm -hmm. it would still be exciting. I would still care about these characters. Um, Whereas for some other I don't know, shows and movies and stuff like that. That's, yes, the selling point for some things. Obviously, I want to go see Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness because I'm going to see, I'm going to see Mr. Fantastic show up and Black Bolt. Like, I'm going to see all these people that I love and I'm excited to see. And yes, I want to go see No Way Home because all three Spider-Men are going to be on screen for the first time. But Mm. I think this show's strength is in that it is so not anti-Star Wars, it doesn't need the name to be great. Yeah, I concur. It does not need the name in any way, shape, or form. And so I'm people... happy the name's there. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Because we get to do so much more with it, right? We get little Easter eggs here and there, like like a prequel episode three Kashyyyk Wookiee helmet, which I didn't know I needed like to or see again. But in this episode, nice. and we'll get to it, like just the straight up Senate chamber, which. If you're oh, if, if you are just a not a nobody, if you're just the everyday person watching the show for the first time and you don't you don't remember what the council the uh, uh, Senate chamber looks like, you're gonna be like, okay, this is government stuff happening, and you're still gonna be excited and you're just gonna be thrilled and taken on this journey. But as a fan, it's not called out at all. It just it shows up, and I go, oh my god! Like the last time I saw that little baby Yoda was throwing things around, and oh Palpy was throwing things back. And so it's it it is cool that they do have those little moments in there, um, but it's not it doesn't feel like it's leaning on that at all, uh, and the story is is like genuinely thrilling, with or without it. I'm I'm just scrolling Twitter right now, and everyone is essentially saying the same thing that we're saying, which is they love this episode. It is the best Star Wars. It's one of their favorite arcs. It's this. It's that. And this is my favorite thing that I'm reading right now. Uh, this was the Star Wars morality play on fire. That's from that Alden Diaz. I'm just seeing it on Twitter. And I think that makes so much sense. I absolutely agree that this is morality shown inside star wars as it's meant to be which and is it's it's so much more gray than i think we've ever gone and and so much more mm-hmm. real you have people like at the very end of this episode when you get that turn oh. of like hey we have 80 million credits that's 40 million split two ways like let's get out mm-hmm. of here and like that is a very human thing to do of hey we just went through all of that we have a guy who I don't think is going to live, somebody who is mm. helping him. Like, let's just split it. And 40 million is enough to forget about you. I'm just going to go off on my way. And like, that is such a re- like very real thing and something that I haven't mm. really seen portrayed in that way in Star Wars. I-, I do think that this show just in general is v- very mature for Star Wars. And in that is enticing people that I've heard from people 
who have no connection to this franchise at all, have never wanted to willingly sit down and watch a Star Wars thing, watch a Marvel thing. They have no real connection to this fan, these fandom IPs who are genuinely loving and enjoying Andor. And they have, they have no idea who Cassie and Andor is outside of this show, which is cool. Like it's transcending. That's, that's something that has not happened for Star Wars in, in maybe ever. I don't think, I think you're right. I, nobody really, we've not gotten anything outside of the Mandalorian that is, you know, but even that is so quintessentially visually Star Wars that you can watch. You're like, oh, I'm watching something from Star Wars. One thing I did want to note, even. and it'd be funny to go back and listen back to our Book of Boba Fett stuff. But like, <laughs> remember the complaints I had about that show, especially early on talking about budget and talking about how <laughs> yes. this feels like this feels so tv and like you could see the pieces of the set and you could see these wooden joints of things holding together i would love to do a like side by side of like the chase scene and i guess the first episode of book of boba fett that kind of that i said looked like a playground and yes. the either final flight in this or just the eye in general like oh any of God. the visuals in this show like this show i have no idea how they're doing this on a quote-unquote tv streaming budget like this is incredible it looks amazing i so here's the thing i think the reason they're able to pull this off and we'll jump into the plot after this we we swear by it the tv budget they could they they could potentially have the same exact budget these you know disney plus star wars shows on the volume and andor the difference is andor uses the money differently so, whereas if you look at, uh, say, Book of Boba Fett, all that money might have gone into, not all of it, but a good amount of it is going into paying the visual effects folks who created the look for the volume. That is a huge amount of money going into that. That's a lot of visual effects that need to be made to look camera ready and real to then be fixed a little bit later on in post. So, you've got double visual effects going on in pre and post-production whereas here you just pay to build something slash you find a location and that allows you to take more money and put it elsewhere and once you do that and you allocate the funds that that's where you know everything kind of falls into so great filmmakers can take a small budget and then they can go do like an avengers movie yeah and then go back to a cheap budget and do that too tony gilroy has that you can tell he's got it's that amazing quality to the him. first thing that i really noticed is of course the eye stuff is visually um like incredible like is some the of the coolest in Star Wars. like some of the coolest visuals i've seen on screen in a very long time um, but there was one sequence, and it's when the three X or not three X wings, the three Tie Fighters drop off of their kind of docking bays and start flying. That I was like, this, this looks like a movie. Like this looks straight out of a blockbuster. This looks straight out of a Star Wars episode X or whatever. Like yeah. I that it was that moment right there where I saw them drop, and I'm like, oh my gosh! Like in a in a budget in a show that had a lesser budget or felt smaller that moment there you would be able to see the seams you would be able to see the cracks it wouldn't look as good but it just it looked it looked amazing i'm 
I can't say enough good things about this show. And I hope that like we're not done. I hope that the next six episodes are just as good as the first six have been. Yeah, that's that's my biggest hope as well. I feel like we now are on a level of trust with them that, you know, okay, we've seen what you've done and, you know, we can trust this. But there's always that possibility it doesn't, you know, it tanks somewhere. Uh, it's never. I have you know, faith. Tony Gilroy has done enough now that I'm like, I think they get it. Like, I, I think he gets it. Um, and the team that he's working with obviously get his vision because they are nailing whatever he was going for. Yes. And uh, I'm all for it. Like, more please. So let's go ahead and jump into the plot. I feel like this whole episode is just an action piece just repeated over oh, yeah. and over and yeah. over felt and like a mission impossible movie yeah it did it really did yeah uh oh man there's another one that i was thinking of too it reminded me of uh the uh the episode in season two of mandalorian when they go get the rhydonium and uh migs mayfeld oh, ends up you find with, out his um, story that's with bill barr and with bill burr yeah, yeah. Or Bill Burr, yeah, not Bill Barr. <laughs> kind of had some of that feeling and kind of had some of the feeling of the heist episode or the, the prison break episode of season one, yes. which that's Rick Famuyiwe. That's another, like, you can feel the creator and their tone in there in Star Wars. So this episode starts with Nimic. He's very nervous. He couldn't sleep. And Andor tells him he'll sleep when it's done. That's a very sad foreshadowing. He also talks about the mercenaries in the something 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 to lead to freedom uh in his manifesto which is very important for what happens later on the commandant whose name i never got talks about how they plan to slowly dwindle the aldomni pilgrimage from the lowlands because they suck they're also going to use them as slaves to build the next empire facility because again they suck big important information here Terramin was a stormtrooper and since his whole family was slaughtered by stormtroopers hence why later on she's in charge of the family what does that mean you'll find out commandant does a ceremonial trade of pelts without donnie folks while the plan itself begin real fast a little seg uh, mention that i got his family is nice his wife is gorgeous his son seems like a nice kid and he's an ugly turd this commandant Jethro. I know what's with this whole like uh, we do get his name I'm forgetting what it is I think it starts with a W because his wife says it a few times but yeah total dick I love the wife's line like the wife has probably the line <laughs> of the episode in this whole thing when he's like oh what's going on my sash is compressed and she goes maybe you've expanded <laughs> it's like oh yeah. burn on you yeah. dude you got fat <laughs> and the best part is she's doing it playfully and then he just oh, yeah. shuts it down and acts like oh, a dick yeah. and i'm like you well, I, and that's little. the thing is there's no I, I love in this because he is a bad guy he is like he is the empire he is mm -hmm. we have seen his character before in star wars but the way that tony gilroy does it and the way that they do it here on this show is so interesting to me because you get it you understand why he's nervous you understand why he's even being a dick to his kid and his wife like he is nervous because his boss is coming and he really hates being on this planet everyone on this planet seems to hate being on this planet he wants a transfer <laughs> and this is how they get there by impressing this dude yeah absolutely and he even mentions that which is i mean he says it in the most dickish way possible which was he saying you, know. you want off this planet i want off this planet this is how we get a transfer 
basically is like, oh, don't you want off this planet? You'll whine about it so much. It's like, shut the fuck up, dude. Go, go, go put your fat belly back in a medium yeah, size. Go, go, go figure out your sash situation. And we're not fat shaming as a whole, just that guy, because he's clearly oh, yeah. deserving. He's he's the fat pig Although, that I will Andrew say his little kid, about. but Papa, I feel ill. Oh, come on, dude. Like, like help your dad out here. No, don't help him out. He's the empire. We know better. Kids are smart. Uh, are they? I mean, we'll find out with Mon Mouth and this kid. Then, uh, is there anything in this little sequence before we dive into the plan that you want to hit upon? Not really. I mean, this is okay. really just the setup to, like, yeah. the the awesomeness. The awesome. Pure <laughs> For lack of a better term. Yeah. Uh, I did really like the... the I do... I like what they did with Nemec in this episode and I guess last week as well. Like I really fell in love with this character very quickly. And the beginning of this episode really sets up where his character will go by the end, obviously. And it really makes the end kind of hurt that much more. But I love the, I'm yeah. nervous. I couldn't sleep. Why do you, and or why do you, you sleep like a baby? You have nothing on your thoughts. And like, <laughs> I, I did really, I do really like the interplay between Andor and this mm -hmm. kind of, I don't know. He kind of feels still wet behind the ears, still fresh, still like, like, Hopefully. Oh, I'm on it. I'm on a mission. Like he, he's, he is still figuring everything else out, which I, yeah. I really like. He's a youngling, you know, he's basically just that's, a youngling. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Like he does, he feels, he's still got a twinkle in his eye, which I like, I really like in a series where everyone is so like stern and very like grim. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I my favorite thing about this little buildup was learning a little bit more about Terramin, which you know last week we were talking about who's the mole. Well, that made me really look at Terramin. Like, is this guy a bad guy? We'll see what happens. I love the um, what's the line he says like, "Oh, he was a Terramin was a stormtrooper," and and then oh yeah, Sint, like when Sinta found or Sinta wasn't happy, her whole family was slaughtered by them. And that's another little nugget. Her whole family was slaughtered by stormtroopers, which explains her dark grit that she has, you know, underneath the incredible beauty. But Sinta, uh, speaking of her, and Vel use a submersible. They go into the base. They knock out the comms. While Terramin, Nimic, Skeen, and Andor poses Imperials guiding the Aldanis to the Sacred Temple. Then they escort the Commandant into the base to take hostages. That's right. I skipped a shit ton of stuff. We're already at the hostage situation. The Colonel points a gun at Nimic, trying to have the Commandant be released. And then Senta drops in from above and takes out the Colonel like a sexy badass. You know what I'm saying? The family. No promotion for Commandant coming anytime soon. <laughs> Not at all, man. Bye, Colonel. Not you, Commandant. You still suck. The family and the Imperials are then taken to the tower and left under the supervision of Senta. And as that is happening, Vel makes it very clear to the Commandant that the family gets to walk if they get what they want. They, meaning the rebels, we enter the vault and uh, the commandant says it's an inspection. They get them all in a line and then they point the guns on them, on the Imperials. And the commandant then urges them to cooperate so his family can be set free. So he's literally going along with the plan, which is something you don't always see, which I was a big fan of here. Um, and then the Imperials are going to be the ones that move the credits while at blaster point, essentially. I love the best line in this whole sort of sequence right here is the 
raise your hand if you are, aren't ready to work for the next 10 minutes. Because <laughs> he's just going to blaster some dude's head <laughs> if they're like, yeah, I can't carry anything. I broke my hip. Take that, old man. Uh, that's exactly what Skeevy Skeen would do, too. That piece of shit. We'll get to him later. Uh, I loved this whole lead up and build up and sequence. There's so much yeah, tension that we, we skipped over, dude. Something we didn't bring up that I I really liked was, as you said, just the tension. I loved um, when the kind of the unit that we're following, our, our, the Cassian, the, the Andor unit, I will call it. Unit 3, which they call in the Ooh. show. Um, when they kind of meet up with the other imperial units and the other imperial units are like who the heck are these guys and i forget where they say they're from but they're Al uh, yeah alkenzi yeah alkenzi oh the alkenzi unit oh okay but then i love we're getting that and we're kind of getting the two levels of action and then you you cut back to uh cinta and vel yeah cinta yes. and vel and the, i love what they're doing and stealthing around kind of on that dam and then it, it's cutting back to Andor and the team, and they're like, we haven't heard from them. What's going on? And then as I brought up a few minutes ago, we get that epic kind of jump and walk down the side of the dam, which yes. th which that screamed like Mission Impossible to me. Uh, I, like, I, I dug that a lot. Like That felt very action movie. And yeah, I think this, this whole sequence is a great kind of, Great action sequence in its own, but I love that they just kind of keep adding stuff on top, and then we get what comes next when things kind of, uh-oh, like things turn sideways. We got to get out of here. Yeah, and again, uh, this is that point, you know, Sensa's left in charge of the family because she is genuinely willing to kill them. And, you know, if you'd have told me that a couple weeks back, like, nah, she's not. But when stormtroopers kill your whole family, like that adds a whole different depth to it i didn't mention this later on i don't believe i'll say it now Sinta walks out Sinta walks out of that compound she is still alive nimic comes Sinta as soon as they have access to the credits and that's picked up by comm specialist kimsey played by a gentleman from agents of shield whose name now escapes me but i'm not looking it up because i'm busy Sinta shuts down the power and kills comms to al kimsey while kimsey Oh, that's not hard at all. Al Kinsey and Kimsey. Comm specialist Kimsey leads a squad to the vault. This is where shit gets interesting because Gorn, Lieutenant Gorn, enters the oh, vault Gorn. and the says, worst. The fucking worst. They immediately, says, Gorn, you're off your post. Yeah. What yeah. a guy. What a guy. Uh, he tells the commandant, that, he's like, you'll hang for this. Serving seven years for you. I deserve worse. And it's like, Damn. The Commandant ends up going down with a heart attack as Kimsey enters the room, prompting the firefight. Nimic saves Andor from an Imperial that attacked during the ship launch setup. Terraman tells Skeen to give him covering fire, and then Skeen gives him that, and then stops as soon as Terraman is passed, giving us our first actual casualty of this team, Unit 3. The ship launches, I skipped a lot, uh... I skipped a lot because Lieutenant Gorn also goes down in this moment. Uh, RIP, I guess, uh, I, I guess they're the and first And this is where, like, right before the ship launches, I mean, throughout the episode, yeah. obviously, we have these kind of comets, meteors shooting oh, over top, um, yeah. which is so cool. And then this is kind of when we're getting, as this gunfight's happening, I love the interplay between this, and it's cutting back to the tribal people watching the sky start yes. to light up, and it's cutting back and forth. 
And I, I love that. And then obviously we get this when they fly out and we get this moment of just, wow, just like visual. Yeah. Uh, I can't even describe it. Like it is visually incredible what you see here. It is not that different from the Bifrost in Marvel. It's not that similar, but it's also not that different. Uh, it's it's what I thought of instantly because the Bifrost is kind of just like space warped in upon itself, which is just a bunch of colors. And this just is, I mean, I want this on a canvas. You know, I'm not a canvas guy. I'll just get prints. But this is this is a canvas, man. This needs to go behind my couch. Like I wish the tilt. one thing is I wish we got the like spider-man falling upside down moment of this like i wish we had one shot that was just like oh yeah like that's the shot like mm. there's a couple good ones there's one of the tribal um the, the like the locals looking up at it which i think is a really yes. good one but that doesn't scream star wars to me like i would have loved one with like the, oh. the ship flying into it or i think there are a couple shots that are more close up with the ship or i mean this would have never happened because it wasn't there. Just like something iconically Star Wars, like if there was an X-Wing flying into it or something like that uh, would have made it very, very painterly and make me want it more on my wall more. Like I would have immediately yeah. clipped that and put it as my Twitter banner. Like that that's what I would have done. But right now I'm not itching to do that because there wasn't really that immediately identifiable moment. I guess the one I'll, I will keep coming back to is, yeah, the tribal kind of group looking off at it in the distance as it kind of comes up as a big wave i think the best one might be from inside the imperial unit or inside the ship uh like it's a shot out and they're inside of it happening it's literally uh like an eyeball in this shot that i'm looking at here yeah so that's that's amazing and you're right we didn't talk about the eye i was gonna save it to the end because it's with everything that happens in this episode that is my favorite thing because i tweeted out this morning that might be the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in Star Wars. And it is, it's the eye. Uh, but Gorn, uh, as I said, we the ship launches during this eye, uh, sending everyone flying back. Nimic is crushed by the loader. They give oh, him a med spike to ease the pain. Heartbreaking. And focus, uh, so that he can give Andor the flight path. They climb into the eye. They drop and they climb again to make it out. All the while, TIE fighters are getting taken out by the debris of the eye and we'll just jump through the resolution of the episode as well they take nimic to a doctor i believe they call him dr four paw four claw yeah or something initially like that. when it cut to him and i saw the glasses i was like maz but maz, yeah. it's a similar race i guess it, yeah i believe so it also reminded me of ochi of bestoon which is interesting because he only has two arms but they take him to the doctor, and Skeen tries to talk Andor into leaving and split the credits. Eventually, Andor shoots him and walks into the operation room to find out Nimic died. He cuts out and takes his cut and then hands the Kyber to Vel and says, give it to your friend. And Vel gives Andor Nimic's manifesto. All the while, Coruscant is learning of the attack at the same time. And there's a lot to dive into, but I, I want to end with this. The ISB begins planning, uh, begins their emergency retaliation plan for the Aldani attack across every star sector and planet. That is fucking terrifying. Yeah, I, I did like the whole, 
you don't see the empire panicked all that often. And so I love mm. the, the, the panic you hear in this room of this meeting room with all these lieutenants and high ranking officials. And what does he say? He says, tell your staff and your family, you're going to be here a while. I want reports on my desk by the end of so-and-so. And it's just like, like they are mad. They are pissed. And um, mm. another like very cool moment in this sort of resolution area is when we, uh, cut back to Mr. Skarsgård and Coruscant and they're talking he's trying to sell some woman jewelry you know this is an ancient language no one knows it so you can have it yeah. say whatever it wants um, and some guy goes oh is there anything uh, from Eldani the rebels mm. just had a huge like attack there was just a rebel attack there and just like Skarsgård I keep forgetting his name but I'm so I keep calling Luthen. him Skarsgård Luthen just gets this like adorable smile on his face and like I'll go look in the back and is he like, this is feels like the first win for the rebels. I don't know if it is, but that mm -hmm. is what it felt like. And that was really cool. I was like, Oh, like I know what this means in the story of star Wars, which is very neat. Yeah, it was, uh, it was so weird. Like that's it ends right there. And I was just, I was oh, taken yeah. aback. He, he gets one ended, exhale <gasps> and that's it. <sighs> Yeah, and it's 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 cuts the credits, and I'm like, wow, dude, that's fucking crazy right there. Um, yeah, Nimic dies. Uh, so the only survivors from Unit Three are the ladies and Andor. Everybody else went down before the ship. I, I will say on my boy Nimic, like that. RIP. I don't. I wouldn't say I cried, but I definitely I was welling up at that point just because of the awe of everything. Mm -hmm. But when he got crunched there and didn't immediately die, I like that hurt even more. Was I was just like, yeah. oh no, what happened? Oh, he's still alive. Okay. And then the, I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my legs. And I was like, oh, like that's when, like, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Like, that's when I was like, oh my God, like, I genuinely care about these characters. Like, you did it. Like, I had no idea who these people were two weeks ago. And now mm. I, I genuinely was upset when one of them went and I rest in peace, Nemec, my boy. They tried saving him. They gave him that med. They told him to go. I love the uh, climb, climb. Andor's like, it, what? Like Andor thinks he's like gone crazy. Andor's like, why would I do that? And then he climbs, and then dive, and then climb again, and he saves oh. them. And yeah. I like the when they're in the ship afterwards. And uh, is it Vel who's like, we'll leave him mm -hmm. behind? And they're like, no, we can go to a doctor. Like we have a doctor in place in case something were to happen. And uh, I think it's skiing. Actually, he says like this young man saved the rest of us like this. We wouldn't be here without this young man. And so they take him to the doctor and everything transpires. But yeah, I, I'm going to miss Nemec or Nemec, which I, I thought we'd get more of him. I want to talk about the manifesto going to Andor. I feel like there's a couple of little things in this episode that are, carrying the ball forward if you will one of which is the luthan mon mothma they're about to take a step forward i think they're going to go to saw guerrera right but with andor he's about to take thirty thousand credits his cut the number he was promised and he's going to go to that moon skinny uh skeevy skeen was talking about and hide out so i think I think there's going to have to be something to draw him back in. We might have a significant time jump here for a couple months. 
or more where he's alone out there on on this 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 barren moon of a desert or i don't know forest or whatever the hell this this one's gonna be the moon with no one home the moon with no one home there's only one man that's what that's how that's how they describe it that's what he says he says i know a moon where no one's home wow okay the moon where no one's home okay okay so we're gonna go to the moon that the moon where no one's home and it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a ride to say the least as to how we get and or out of there but i think it's all coming down to the manifesto because you know good old boy nimic really was a fan of andor and it was very clear that's why we love nimic is he loved andor and we love andor i think it's gonna be what inspires uh andor and it could even inspire the entire rebellion that's what i was about to say yeah yeah i think that I like I don't I think it might be a little too on the nose for this to be like the real start of the rebellion like that that I don't know it feels a little funky but I do think that Nemec may be kind of a martyr for Andor going forward and will share kind of that I don't know what it means to be a rebel in this manifesto and stuff like that and and just the way he lived and i think that this could be an important part for that kind of side of the star wars universe wasn't it andor who told Jyn Erso that rebellions are built on hope yep yeah i think this is where it comes from and and i think that you know rebels the show uh spark of rebellion i believe is the title of that episode right the premiere I think so. Yeah. Let me look. So it's not, it's it's no coincidence that it's all happening at the same time. And it's children, I think, who are really the hope. It is Spark the Spark Rebellion, part one and two, episode one and two of Star Wars Rebels. And so they do that. They do what they're about to do. But it could be Nimic who helps, you know, solidify what it means as a unit. He's written this manifesto. It's something to rouse everyone about. We know there's going to be propaganda. Maybe he's the one who wrote rebel propaganda. And they're just taking it out of his book going forward to honor him. Um, Because we know that, well, uh, they mentioned it a lot in books that they had, you know, rebel propaganda going on and all that. So I don't think it's uh, any coincidence that it's Andor, you know, rebellions of built on hope, who has that. And he's also someone who doesn't have any hope right now. He doesn't give a shit. It's going to be fun to watch how that unfolds. Um, but Nimic, man, Nimic is way more important, I think, than than people are realizing. I think they're sleeping on Nimic. And, I mean, unfortunately, Nimic was sleeping on himself, and now he has left, left the party. Uh, the first time we ever saw him, he, his eyes were closed such foreshadowing that he's not going to survive this like it's insanity dude they do it every episode yeah i'm i'm sad he's gone but i do think that he will live on uh obviously through whatever this manifesto may be um and i like I, his legacy will be felt and he, he will be honored in some way i guess yeah absolutely and i what I loved is watching the empire kind of actually like almost, they almost thwart 
the mission. Oh, one, totally. One guy. And I don't even think we see that in Rebels very often without Thrawn being involved. Like, oh, we totally got thwarted. I, I can't remember. I guess that's a reason to go back and rewatch it all. But uh, where do you think, you know, the Empire almost stopped him. Maybe they'll stop him next time. Where do you think Andor the series is going? Like, what, what do it's you think funny, about next? It's funny, like, we keep doing these predictions, and I've said it a couple times. Like, I have no idea. Yeah, I had no idea we would be anywhere near where we are now. And mm. I guess the only real tidbit that I think will be coming up very soon, and that's just because I know it's in the series, is I think Andor and Mon Mothma are going to be paired up somehow, some way. I think they will come into contact somehow. And so, I don't know. I'm kind of... I'm kind of through doing predictions for like it's it doesn't make for good content, but I'm kind of through doing predictions for this show because I'm I'm just so along for the ride. I have no idea where they're going to take us next. As you said, I do think there will be a bit of a time jump. I think that we'll get two or three months time, and maybe we maybe it's not maybe we don't start the next episode where it goes three months later. Maybe we get like a cut of him walking around some some way they show us that the passing of time has mm. happened um by him walking back and forth and maybe growing a beard or I don't, I don't know something like that um i'm sure they can come up with something a lot better than i can but you know what i mean i think they'll show us that time has passed somehow instead of doing the like fade in the doing the avengers end game the five years later like yeah um i think that i think they'll do it a little more subtly hmm Okay. I I like that idea. I think whether we get a time jump or not, you know, it, it could be you think well, I was going to say you think they'll do it like House of the Dragon, but you haven't watched that, so never mind. I haven't watched House of the Dragon, so sure. <laughs> uh it's normally just mentioned in dialogue like, "Oh, it's been 6 months." Uh or "It's been 10 years." Like things like that. So, it could be done something along those lines, but I really think that we will uh, see in the next three episodes at some point Saw Guerrera be brought in. I think he yeah. is. The, oh, that's. The, I think that's obvious. Well, I think he's Mon Mothma's person that he wants that she wants to bring into the circle, as Ethan yeah. calls it. So you know, I was hoping it'd be Ahsoka, but it really does feel like it's going to be Saw Guerrera now with how this episode yeah. turned out. I think that's going to happen, and I don't have any idea what else might happen. Uh, I would love to see some of the Imperial, you know, it's interesting. I think Mon Mothma is going to realize that her actions are directly leading to some of the things that she hates. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's something that Padme never got to learn that, oh, I do something. And then Palpatine is going to undo it and make things worse elsewhere. That's exactly what's about to happen to Mon Mothma. I think she is going to realize it. And it's going to be, we're only like two or three years away from her forming the alliance itself. So at some point, uh, in some way, we are going to have to get there someday, but I don't think that is today. Now, I'll ask you, Thomas, and then we can round out the episode and do our recommendations and all that. Okay. Do you think that this season, not the series, because we know we have another season coming, do you think that this season we reached the peak or we reached this high again? Ooh. Oh man, 
that uh i feel like the series i feel like the season finale might do it like i yeah. i just something tells me that tony gilroy knows what he's doing enough that and he has more in him i i'm along those lines with you because you know comparative to say disney plus shows right six episodes you you've got a ride you kind of know what to expect along the way and then she hulk comes along at nine and you're confused as hell same way with the star wars live action shows. oh we got six to eight episodes we got this you kind of have an idea of what to expect and bam out of nowhere we're doing this thing they've basically taken an obi-wan kenobi like journey in the last six episodes of i don't care to i've done the whole thing i need to do and now i kind of know what i am was that your diego luna no i, I did it earlier <laughs> on accident and it was really good but i can't replicate it so i've been in this fight since i was six years old that's the only one i got but he i underappreciated so good, diego luna i will say like i wouldn't have put him up there with like the best of the best but now i'm like man like now yeah i gotta see everything that he's in and i can't wait to see everything else that comes down the line for him because i just he's such a good actor he's so good he's so good and i think that's why we will get something this high again in the finale because we got six episodes to build up with diego luna like i can't wait for him to officially decide i'm in the rebellion you think we get that this season i think we get that this season i think oh yeah i absolutely think we get is that, that how it ends i think that yeah that's kind of the vibe that i'm getting right now is like one you know the first three episodes were oh, okay now we're into this story and it's like oh okay now we're actually out of that story we thought we were in and i think the next six episodes are about to be like by the way no now this is how he truly does it six days we've only covered six days so far roughly in the star wars universe so that's insanity pure insanity so i think it's going to be interesting to see how the next six episodes play out and I think the best way to describe the way uh, next season's going to go, you know, the three episodes per year that they're going to cover starts now. Because I think time jumps come now. And so they can organically build in, like, I've got this one big mission, and they branch out from that to the next big mission. And it's taking a year to get up and plan. Instead of being thrown in in the last three days, he's on the whole planet for a year doing the plan. Something I, I do want to ask you, because we know that this season takes place over a year. Yes. So that's why we're assuming that there's going to be a time jump. Correct. Now, do we know if it's over a year or within the same year? So could we just get the next six episodes? Like, could this whole series take place over 20 days? You know, honestly, it could. It very well could. You're right. Yeah, because we... we, we're assuming there's going to be a time jump, but like it could very well like it, it is all still in the same year yeah son of a bitch you know i mean unless they go over new year's and ah oh, you can't you can't and we're that. going from bby this to bby that and blah 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 uh yeah i, I don't, don't know it was just something like something, to, something to think about for next week we've all got questions and unfortunately klein and i do not have the answer a week from now we'll have answers so possibly yeah <laughs> Um, again, some of the stuff that Andor does at the very end of this episode is like the beginning of his hope journey. Like he cares about Nimic. He shoots Skeen in, in the fucking chest, which it should have been the face, but I'm not going to get too mad about it. Uh, and, and, and goes on and ah, I'm so excited. Can we have, can it be next Wednesday? Like I'm ready for October. 
uh, 19th. Like I'm, I'm needed. I need it in my veins right now. But that was Andor, everyone. Tell us what you think about uh, episode six of Andor and anything that we missed in our Andor Candor. Tweet us at Reckless Rebels, R-E-C-K-L-E-S-S-R-E-B-E-L-S on Twitter. And Klein, good sir, where can everyone find you on social media? I'm at the Klein Felt everywhere. That is T H E K L E I N F E L T. And uh, as I've mentioned before, I host a video game podcast called mm. Controller Club. Wherever you're listening to this, head on over to Controller Club. Give us a listen, subscribe, leave us a five star review. Even if you haven't listened, it it just really helps, especially early on in the podcast game, getting the word out there and stuff. So yeah, Controller Club. If you're looking for something like that. You can find me on Twitter at TC Rochester Act. That is T-C-R-O-C-H-E-S-T-E-R-A-C-T. And, uh, you know, I also have another podcast. We are wrapping up our weekly programming pretty much through the end of this month. Yeah, I you guys was... are changing. A new era is coming. A new era will begin. The era of special events. Wow. And, Wow. Uh, and you know, tomorrow we got Ethan Simi time of recording tomorrow, Ethan Simi's coming on and he just the binged. Ethan Simi, the Ethan Simi, man, we lit the Simi signal up and he's coming in hot with, with werewolf by night thoughts, she Hulk finale thoughts. And we're going to discuss house of the dragon. Cause he just binged all eight episodes, uh, this past wow. week. So we get to do it. We're going to do it big. And I'm so excited because this week. Klein Sunday to today all I could think about was House of the Dragon like this episode was so good possibly the greatest Game of Thrones single episode I've ever watched like that resonated with me the way it did wow I know wow and I was I, about to ask you are you full on the back like back on the Game of Thrones train like does this feel like prime Thrones like yeah. when it was running here's the thing like up to now I think we've covered about 20 something years give or take inside the universe really i haven't been watching so i have yeah. no idea at all what's going on i'm pretty sure it's 25 years give or take i could be a little wrong on that but yeah we cover a frack ton of time in this series so far um two separate 10 year time jumps give or take that occur and it it, it it's slow just like andor but every episode just hits like it ends and you're like oh my god this episode was the culmination of everything happening so far. And it was the most emotional episode. The King, the story with the King, Patty Constantine, uh, amazing work on this, uh, this week. It has to be like it's, coming to an end soon, right? Like there, yeah. is We've there one more episode? Two episodes left. Two more episodes. Okay. Two more episodes. And... I'll jump in at the end of the season. I think me and me and Gab will watch it. We're both looking forward to it. Just hey. haven't gotten around to it. We're busy doing the whole Rings of Power thing. That's fair. That is fair. Um, but I thought about House of the Dragon until this morning. Like last night, I was like, "Oh my god!" I've been thinking about House of the Dragon so much. I forgot tomorrow's Andor. Not anymore. Now all I can think about is Andor and Andor riding the dragon and taking out the Empire by burning the sith throne yeah we wrapped them all into one klein what's your recommendation for the audience you know usually we do for these recommendations we do like movies or tv shows video games even i'll just touch on 
really quickly, video game, go play Overwatch 2. It just came out. Uh, I liked Overwatch a lot, and so I'm really in Overwatch 2. But I'm going to do something a little different with the um, recommendation segment. I haven't really ever gotten into this before, but in the last, I would say, two or three weeks, have really been loving it, and it's baking. I've been doing some baking lately. Ooh. Made some pumpkin bread the other day. Today, I made cheddar jalapeno cornbread that we're going to have with chili for dinner. And I just, I love it. I like cooking a lot, but cooking is like jazz. You can throw in a little bit of this here and that there. Baking isn't. Baking is, it is science. Like baking is you put this much of this in, you put that much of that in, and it comes out and it makes this. And mm. I really like that. It's kind of, I think therapeutic. It's like, I don't really have to think. I just have to like read the instructions and I get delicious food out of it. Yeah, I agree. I love baking it. You know, we were talking about this time period at the beginning of the episode, you know. Oh, we are October in prime for... baking hours right we now. We are, like, man. Is... It's it's pumpkin season, bitches. It is pumpkin season. I'm trying to resist making a pumpkin pie because we haven't made it to Halloween. I had... I had pumpkin pie at Thanksgiving dinner the other night. See, oh, man. I need to start celebrating Canadian Thanksgiving so I can just make pumpkin pie. Dude, why not both? I love Thanksgiving is my favorite meal of the year. Yeah, Bar none, favorite meal of the year. I love the turkey. I love the gravy. I mm. love the stuffing. I love the sweet potatoes. And I love pumpkin pie. Okay, so turkey over ham is what you're saying. Turkey over ham? Wow. Yes, 100 Oh, for sure. Because okay. you don't get stuffing with the ham usually. You'll get like a scallop potato or something like that. Potato au gratin or whatever. Like y'all you, are doing it wrong. Y'all, y'all, do, y'all doing it wrong. Y'all um, doing it wrong. You get you have stuffing with your ham. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So you there's a there's a whole sect of people who make stuffing. So here's just for the, the stuffing. Ham? No. Oh. Like we're in the south because I like cooking the stuffing in the turkey. Okay. You actually stuff the bird. You get your arm in there. Your elbow deep inside a carcass. Yeah, that's a painful visual. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but no, no. I always think of people... the uh, the Mr. Bean sketch when oh he's like God. doing the Christmas dinner and he gets a turkey on his head. <laughs> he's running around. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, people make stuffing just to have the stuffing. Uh, it's fantastic. I, I love, dude, I'll do that too sometimes. But like most, well, I mean, especially because I live you... with a vegetarian. So if we're having stuffing, mm. it's not getting cooked in a bird. Um, but... Usually, I've never had ham and stuffing. Those are two worlds that have never crossed over. And then, do you have gravy with your ham? Like, oh my god, yeah. Do you put gravy on the ham? Sometimes, sometimes not. It depends on how the ham You're is living seasoned. Dangerously, I like it. I'm into it. I've never tried it, but like, I, I, I would be willing to. In the South, we put gravy on pretty much anything. And I'm, oh, and you want to know what's yeah. even better? You know what's better than brown gravy? white gravy the country gravy but only when there's sausage inside and then you can put that on biscuits Biscuits. you can put that in potato uh, mashed potatoes you can put it on a turkey i'm not kidding when i say i'm not a turkey fan i love a real turkey and the the breast you put some motherfucking white gravy on that (gasps) one thing i will say that first of all canadian thanksgiving is a real thanksgiving second of all the I one can... thing that I will give you Americans Ooh. that I will give you that you do better than us at Thanksgiving, you bring mac and cheese to the table. Yeah, that is do. not a thing here. And I see it all the time down there. And I'm like, man, like what I wouldn't give to have this nice slice of turkey, this delicious like stuffing, the gravy, the mashed potatoes, and top it all off with some mac and cheese. Like, mm. Mm. Yes, mm. Sir. Mm. 
Klein, you want to know the greatest thing about what you just said? What? You have the technology. You can be the one I to could, bring mac and cheese that. to Canadian Thanksgiving. You're I could guy. be the spark that You're starts the, the mac and cheese rebellion. Exactly. Exactly. And remember, when it happens, it's because your friends live in the South. I watch real quick side tangent that's probably getting cut, but maybe not. There was a uh, a reel that I watched on Instagram, and this guy, he's like a he's a black gentleman. He's a huge either historian or chef. I didn't get the full context of what he was, maybe what both. his background is. Maybe both. But he's talking about how people say that the there's no American cuisine. Like there's no there's no genre oh, yeah, there of is. American cuisine. And he's like, really. That's racist. And let me tell you why. And he listed out all the yeah. things that I love yeah. in my life as food. And he goes, that came from slaves. And I went, fuck. He's right. Yeah, dude. Of course. Like, it came think from of slaves. Cre like Creole cooking and yes. like Southern cooking like that all comes from like, yeah, that's there's a whole lot of like dirty history oh, involved yeah. there. But like that is American cooking. I bet you Betty Crocker. But she wasn't white. No way in hell. My grandma can make some food, but she's also British, so that's kind of ah, uh, or governor. Oh yes, you know that up. Oh, nope, kiwi shit. That's Australian didgeridoo. It <laughs> <laughs> get at you didgeridoo. Uh, anyways, next week we'll be back for. Oh, did I give a recommendation? House of the Dragon. Fuck it. And also, Klein, thank you for that. I'm I'm about to go buy stuffing from the Winn Dixie before they close, mm. and I'm gonna make stuffing for lunch for my for my tomorrow lunch it's gonna be glorious just a, just a tupperware stuffing tupperware stuffing maybe throw in some chicken later on uh <laughs> um i'm gonna celebrate canadian thanksgiving a little late i'm gonna jump on the canadian thanksgiving train so i can get two let's a do year it. and then i'll i'll jump on the american thanksgiving oh we can do God. both let's do we it we can have the best of both worlds we will spark the rebellion of various thanksgivings we're doing it sentience and droids we've reached the end of this episode Remember, the Force is your ally and a powerful ally it is. We have spoken. Get some twin sunlight and stay hydrated. This was podcasting. Yippee! Ewok. Are you an angel? I am an angel. Thank you very much, little Annie. What? Cartoon Network is dead. Fun doesn't I exist say. anymore. If Warner Brothers we didn't have the Batman, I would go full on strike. It's insane that they have both, right? Like, I'm have not what? the only one that thinks that. Have What do you mean? All of the DC shit and Cartoon Network. Like, sometimes I just forget. Warner Brothers, dude. And they like used to Warner have Brothers their own channel, like has, that's why it has everything. Like they also have yeah. all the Harry Potter stuff. Yeah. They have um like the Warner Brothers is huge. WB, I mean, it's one of the original like studios from like the old like Hollywood studio system, you know? Let's they have Game of Thrones. HBO is also WB, like Yep. Um AMC, I believe, is WB. I think or TMC, right. TCM, TCM, nope. Turner TCM? Classic Movies. Yes, TCM. Uh, what else is on the the Habogo map? They Let's have all of. It. They got Cartoon Network. Network. Hanna Barbera is WB. 
Yeah, I mean, that doesn't that mean is... any. That doesn't mean anything anymore. It did you know they yeah. own a thirty percent stake in Fandango? I did not know that. Yeah, that is. They also own Turner Entertainment, so that's like TNT. Yes. And yeah. What TV uh, they have that agreement with Studio Ghibli as well. Yeah, they release all the Ghibli stuff. I don't know about down the states, but all the Ghibli stuff is on um oh, on Netflix. HBO Max. Oh no, oh. we have it all on Netflix. Oh, here it's on the Max. We don't have HBO Max. They hate you up there, man. They got Sesame Street. Are you? We have serious? this service that's quite similar, called Crave, oh. that has HBO on it, as well as. Um, stars. Ooh, and stars is good. what's billions on showcase? Showtime. Showtime. Okay. I get that. I get that streaming service for three for for free through my radio job because we're owned by the same company. Oh, so you're. Oh, we're, for we're, a second. I was like, we oh, you're owned, owned by Warner Brothers. No, but, oh, we're yeah. owned by a big it's telecom crazy. that up here. It's basically like the equivalent of like TNT or not TNT, AT&T down there. It's like hey, a big cell right. phone, TV, internet provider. You mean Warner Brothers' former fathers. Exactly. 